brought to you by the Department of General Practice at the University of Melbourne. Welcome to these panel recordings from Project ECHO, Department of General Practice, University of Melbourne Hub, Adolescent Mental Health Series. In this session, session five of our series, child and adolescent psychiatrist, Associate Professor Sandra Radovini presents a didactic titled Depression Beyond the Basics. We wish to acknowledge the support of the Victorian Government in the production of this series. Let's start with a little bit of data, just having a think about depression in young people. The message, of course, and you know it well, it is common. Um, lots of young people self-report um, depressive symptoms that meet criteria for a, a clinical diagnosis of depression, slightly higher in females when we're talking about survey reports. But when actually we mean uh, uh, help seeking, that's where we see less young men and less young men, particularly from rural and regional areas, but a very, very common uh, problem. Uh, there's been some thought given that when you look at young men who have problems with externalising symptoms of anger, violence, drug and alcohol, that's the counterbalance to the young people who, uh, the young women who present with depression. So young people come to us often because they're aware that something's not right with how they feel, whereas other people often notice changes in behaviour. And, of course, the, the experience of something being wrong with your mood is very much an internal uh, experience and can be easily missed by people around a young person. Uh, and we have lots of young people with mood symptoms and not all of those, of course, will have a mood disorder. And always with disorder, we're thinking persistence, severity, impact on functioning as the markers that tell us we're up the disordered end of, uh, of a, a kind of a distribution from normal to actually mental health difficulties. This is the triangle that Bianca was talking about. I think this is one of the most important triangles in psychiatry, the relationship between feelings, thoughts and behaviours. And regardless of what the presenting problem is that a young person might come to you with, I think we need to always check in around all of these things. And my way of doing this is being able to say to a young person, ah, so what have you noticed about yourself? Um, what have you noticed about, you know, what's your mood like? You know, what about are you feeling anxious? Whatever the, the issues are around feelings. Or what have you noticed about you getting upset or getting angry? Uh, what have you noticed about your thoughts? What kind of thoughts seem to be in your head these days? Um, what have you noticed? Not so much what have you noticed about your behaviours. I don't put it that way. But a question around... Ah, are there things that you used to do, things that you used to enjoy that you're just not doing anymore? To have a, a kind of a get the young person to reflect on how things have changed. Um, oops, why is this stuck? Try again. So, you know, predominantly negative feelings of I'm no good, the world's no good, nothing's going to be better. Uh Changes in a young person with regards to failing grades or self-harming behaviour or becoming more withdrawn or just, just not engaging 
in in the world in the way that they used to. And, of course, the feelings are not just feelings of sadness, but the predominant uh, feeling might be irritability or might be anger or, indeed, might be anxiety. And we want to check in about all of those things. And we're listening for themes of loss. When we're thinking about depression, themes of loss in regards to the young person, their family and an immediate uh, social circle and school and their functioning in school. And are there things that reinforce to a young person that somehow they're no good and impacts on their self-esteem? Relationship breakups, bullying, other things that leave them with a sense of failure. And in families, are there have there been significant changes in a family? Parental separation, divorce, illness, siblings moving out, you know, the death of a grandparent, the death of a, a favoured pet, some kind of important relational loss in some way, actual or perceived, of course. And in school, we're looking at academic performance, uh, sport, peers, and a young person's idea of, well, I should just be managing this um, or I should just be able to do this. But again, this sense of a loss sometimes of an activity that gives them a sense of mastery, particularly if there's been an injury and they can no longer uh, participate. And, you know, what are the things that normally make a young person feel good about themselves and have these been impacted upon in some way? One of the things about depression is early on, young people often don't say to anybody that they have noticed something that is different. And so they don't tell anybody. And by the time, you know, we get to hear about this, particularly as professionals, this may have been going on for some time. And this may be a question of stigma around the whole idea of mental illness or indeed some sense of shame or fear of being blamed about some behaviours like self-harming behaviours, or indeed more coming from a sense of independence, you know, um, I, I think I can manage this myself at a time in adolescence where indeed young people want to do things for themselves. And it can be back to this notion of, of young people with earlier adverse life experiences, this sense of actually there is nobody to help. No one is there for me, so it's just me. That that can be reasons why the presentations are quite late. Back to the old triangle and trying to have a sense of, well, how have things changed? My way of asking this of a young person is really to ask them to reflect upon if I had met you a year ago, what kind of a young person would I have met? And you hear about, oh, I was happier. Oh, yes, I used to go out or, or I had a good sense of humour. My grades were fine. Um, and, and a real, you can, you can have the young person really describe that's who I am or who I was and this is me now there with these other things that are happening for me. That is very helpful of trying to understand this baseline of them. When we're looking at predisposing uh, difficulties, 
the predisposing is always us trying to think about what makes this young person potentially vulnerable that has them present in this way. And I've already said the adverse life experiences, significant losses, particularly the death of a parent in early childhood, um, the a family history, of course, of depression when you're thinking about it from a biological predisposition and temperament, a young person who is perfectionistic, who likes to be in control and something having an impact on that sense of themselves. The precipitating factors is the answer to the question, why now? Why does this young person come and see you, come and see me now? What is going on now? And again, that always thinking for the young person, for the family, in their school or peer setting, and this theme of losses. And we're also back to always thinking about what is stressful. Adolescence has so many challenges to it, and it varies from young person to young person of what is going on for them. But but trying to pick up on what's changed and how has that had an impact on the young person. Now, this does look like a little bit of a complicated <laughs> drawing uh, or image. The triangle, thoughts, feelings, behaviours that you're exploring with a young person, you're looking at it for themselves, their family, their community. And I'll put the umbrella there of when we're thinking about things that are stressful or stresses, uh, that we want to remember past and present. Often the focus is a young person is talking to us about the present difficulties. Um, it's good for us to have a, a think about, well, are there other things that have happened in the past that have a bearing, that have an influence on how this young person presents? And if I'm doing a diagram on, on the board where I will put the triangle up and we'll try and populate it with the things that a young person has told me, I will put this word stress past, present. The other reason that I do that, it's a message to a young person that maybe there are other things that we have not talked about, things in their past that may be of relevance, even if right now is not the right time to talk about them, particularly uh, young people with histories of trauma. And again, when we're generally thinking about the, the difference between anxiety and depression, and often young people have a mixture of those symptoms, anxiety is predominantly a worry about what will happen. Will I be good enough? Will I manage? What might happen in the future? And depression is about what has happened, that sense of a loss. Something has gone wrong um, for this young person. The perpetuating factors, we come to these when we think about why are things not getting better? We've done the kind of uh, usual things. We've worked out what we think is a, a plan going forward and it's not working. And we go back to going, well, is there a difficulty for the young person engaging with the recommendations? You know, we talk to young people sometimes about um uh, you know, the lifestyle changes or the going and seeing a psychologist for some CBT 
and it just didn't happen. And, you know, we need to kind of revisit why what's difficult about doing those things. Is part of what is a perpetuating factor a young person trying to keep this a secret from family, from parents, and trying to do this by themselves and the added stress of doing that? Is it something about this young person, particularly in uh, the younger teens, but not exclusively so, uh, not yet uh, having the skills or being able to really process what is happening for them at an emotional level, you know, lacking the maturity or lacking the vocabulary even to talk about feelings. And here it may be a learnt style, you know, a family that doesn't talk about emotions, or we might have a young person who has neurodevelopmental difficulties, as again, as we've talked about in earlier sessions, where identifying feelings, being able to put words to feelings is in fact quite difficult. And when we're looking at why are things not getting better, it's because, of course, some of the same stresses uh, that were precipitating are still ongoing and have not been resolved. It is useful to be able to model for young people and the way that we talk about feelings of going, oh, wow, gee, that sounds like that was really hard. Oh, yeah, I understand why you'd be feeling pretty sad about that. That's a really sad thing to have happened. Or, or to be able to um, remove it from the young person in front of you and say, well, other young people that I have seen, they talk about this. I wonder, I wonder if this is maybe also is what's happening for you as ways of coming back to thinking about feelings and talking about feelings. The protective factors are about how do we tap into what helps this young person? And it may be around what are the supports and checking in with young people about their supports. And of course, remembering that if we have a depressed young person, that colours their view. Uh, you know, oh no, you know, nobody's there and nobody can help and nobody, you know, is going to be of assistance, that it's it's through that negative lens that they are viewing the world. The other thing to check in always is, so what does a young person already do or what have they done to that might be something that they do to help themselves? And I do this when I'm, when I'm talking with a young person about thoughts of suicide, thoughts of self-harm, of asking them, well, how do you manage those thoughts? They're really rotten thoughts to have in your head, particularly if they're there a lot of the time. What do you do? Uh, can you get some relief? Again, giving you a sense of and giving the young person a sense of agency. There are things that 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 can be done at a range of levels and we're seeking to always augment supports and likewise that might be professional supports. Um, this young people who are saying, I don't want my family involved, are sometimes coming from a position of being worried about how families are going to respond. And I think we say more on this slide. And we're, we're, they're often falling into two groups, um, broadly speaking. Young people who have a background of trauma, who have experiences where the adults in their lives have indeed 
not being supportive. Um, and we need to really bear that in mind and their current circumstances in mind. And sometimes that keeping things to myself is really a drive to protect myself from, you know, the fact that other people will be critical, other people will be blaming, and it will make things work. But if we have a sense of, oh, no, this is a, you know, good enough family um, who are there to support young a young person, then sometimes that I don't want them involved has an element of, of you know, adolescent development. I want to do this by myself. And I think it is for us to have that conversation with a young person about, well, why might we think that indeed having family involved is really important and how we might manage the concerns that a young person has around, well, you know, mum's going to get upset or dad's going to scream or or yell at me and they'll be really angry. How will we manage that? With And, and talking to a young person about that is really important. When we're thinking about management, we are really in our minds always, we do do this oh, mild, moderate, severe and structure and think about the interventions at those levels where the mild will be largely self-resolving with support, with some psychoeducation, maybe with a little bit of psychological intervention. Moving on to moderate, Yes, all of those things may be useful, but we're often then looking at safety planning where young people do talk to us about thoughts of self-harm or thoughts of suicide. And when we move into the next level of quite severe depression, this question of medication arises of, is this going to be the, appropriate for this young person? Medication you know this already and I'm going to skip through it, SSRIs, less effective in teens, really think about side effects and really we're aiming this at the severe end, at the older adolescents and sometimes when we're in a position of psychological treatments that have not worked, have not been used, are not available and also a little kind of reminder that the literature is focused on trials that usually exclude young people with severe depression, exclude comorbidities, exclude suicidal young people. The principle, start low, go slow, and all these other elements of a broader management plan that, again, is very familiar to all of you. That's how we situate any discussion around medication rather than the pills are some kind of wonder drugs. And I prompt young people about what I will ask them about when I, when I talk about medications. Next time I see you, these are the things that I will want to check in with you about. And so I want to have a baseline. What are they now? And record that. And where where are we heading? How do things change? And for a young person's supports, again, the same thing. I will say to parents, carers, you know your young person and you are like you may spot some changes even before a young person does. So I want you to keep that in mind and we will talk about it next time. Um, part of any interaction with us uh, as 
particularly mental health professionals, but broadly health professionals, is about coaching young people, telling them what you're going to expect of them, what you'd like from them, talking to them about medications and the ups and downs of all of that, and engaging them as a partner in their own well-being is really, it is um, teaching them skills that will serve them well throughout their life to think about their well-being and this sense of done with, not done to. Um, I am always going very slowly with medication. Gives me a chance to check out side effects and how a young person and their family, how they're going with this. I talk about what to expect. First two weeks, nothing. I've often said, first two weeks, you'll notice nothing. It's like eating Smarties. Absolutely, you won't notice a thing. It's about me checking that these tablets suit you. Week four, we should be starting to see a few things getting better. Week six, we should definitely be seeing things, you know, uh, um, improving by then. And this notion of a big enough dose for long enough and always this, this, um, this balance between tolerance and side effects and talking about side effects with young people and with their family. Uh, the second line, sometimes people say, well, what do you do if the fluoxetine doesn't work? Generally speaking, I have a go at another SSRI, particularly if side effects or tolerance has been an issue. And paroxetine is not one to use in young people because of problems with uh, rebound and withdrawal effects. I always talk about alcohol, even if the young person doesn't bring it up, because invariably that's sitting somewhere in the background. Let's talk about taking these tablets and having a drink. Uh, you know, what's okay, what's not okay. If you have the odd drink, it's not going to be a problem. Nothing bad will happen, but obviously not encouraging young people to drink to excess on pills or off pills for that matter. But that's a that's a good one to talk about. And Again, saying to a young person, if for some reason you don't continue taking these, actually, I want you to tell me so we can figure out what else might be helpful or understand if there's been a problem. And I want you to tell someone soon, like mum or dad, so that they can tell me. Um, and this notion of by the time we see young people there have often been problems with their mood for quite a while. So this, this managing expectations, this is not, this didn't occur overnight. It's not going to go away overnight. We need time. Um, the, the, note, the note here of behavioural activation of fake it till you make it, this is explaining to a young person that rather than the idea of I will re-engage with activities when I feel better, Actually, it's the other way around. You start doing things and that will help you feel better. And in the first instance, you may not feel like it at all. So they'll fake it till you make it. And whose help do you need? Whose support do you need to encourage you and support you to go for a walk, um, you know, go for a bike ride, do something other than just sit in bed? Uh, if it's not working, the, what do we do? Back to this notion of review the diagnosis. Are we sure we're 
we're not on the wrong train here as the metaphor of a few weeks ago. And then, of course, things that you may not be aware of, drug and alcohol um, or a neurodevelopmental disorder or indeed a young person with more difficulties in the personality uh, problems or an emerging psychosis are thoughts that we have to have in our mind. It is co-occurring problems are often missed. We're focused on the depression and we haven't really noted or been aware of that there are other things going on or that there is unresolved trauma or that there is ongoing bullying or hardship in some way. And we're checking compliance. Young people don't want to tell us sometimes that, no, they haven't taken those pills after all. Um, and we want to really pause. If it's not working, pause, review, don't necessarily quickly think about another medication, but there is often pressure to do that. So this concludes our didactic presentation for this session. If you're part of the Doctors and Secondary Schools program, you can head to Canvas to access the PowerPoint for this presentation under Project Echo Catch-Up Sessions. We wish to acknowledge the Victorian Government for their support in the production of this series, Project Echo. This Adolescent Mental Health Project Echo was brought to you by the Department of General Practice at the University of Melbourne. Thanks for listening.